Good morning. Welcome to Noblesville First. I'd like for us to first welcome our new organist, Al Lucas. Check out the 101 for a more full bio, but he brings lots of experience and uh, we're in good hands, definitely in good hands. We want to welcome our online congregation. If you're watching via Facebook, please be sure to use the comment section and announce your presence so you can connect with others who are worshiping at this time. And please join me now in the responsive sharing of our call to worship. Put your trust in God. God gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. So put your trust in God's goodness. Let's stand as we, join, as we join together and sing for the beauty of the earth. together, bless the songs, the words, the fellowship that we will share, and may it make us a special people. May we receive your blessings in order that we can be a blessing to others, leaven to this earth, and as we celebrate the sacrament of communion, may we find that unity that only you can provide. All this we ask in the name of your Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. This morning we'd like to share with you some concerns and joys and sympathies of those in our congregation. We'd like to lift up concerns for Nancy McDonald, who had surgery this week to remove skin cancer. Let us keep in prayer the many who have been injured or made homeless, and for those lives who have been lost in the floods that have come from Tropical Storm Ida. 
and also prayers for baby Sam Conrad, born Thursday, September 2nd, who has fluid in its little lungs, transferred to Fisher's neonatal intensive care units. This is the grandnephew of Matt and Amber Good. We will certainly keep him in prayer. Sympathies and condolences are extended to Dick Towner as he passed away on Wednesday, September 1st. Please keep his wife Carolyn and his family and friends also in prayer. And on joys for this Labor Day weekend, we give thanks for all those who are able to work and to provide for their families and for the common good of all. We thank God for those who labor and share the fruits of their work. Please remember to share your prayer concerns using the website link to prayer requests or use your Noblesville First app where the prayer request form is also available and contact your pastoral care team for upcoming surgeries or pastoral needs at care at noblesvillefirst.com and the word first is spelled out or the 24-7 care line at 317-773-2590. Now I'd like to introduce Miss Beth Lively, who will be singing a solo for us this morning.
Please join me this morning in a call to prayer, which you can find on the, uh, the monitors above me or also in your little bulletins that you received this morning when you walked in, and also on Facebook. God of mercy, we come to you in prayer as the summer season draws near to its close, giving thanks for the times of restoration we have enjoyed and for the moments of beauty we have savored. Refresh us for the season ahead and renew our commitment to serve you. Through your grace, open us to new directions and possibilities for our lives and the world you love. We offer you our lives and our labors in worship and in service, joining in creation's song, praise and adoration. Amen. Now please join me for a moment of silent prayer, followed by a pastoral prayer, and then we'll join together in saying the Lord's Prayer. Dear Father, in the mighty name of Jesus and by most Holy Spirit, you labored for six days and rested on the seventh after building creation, the earth, the heavens, the creatures, and the humans. There is no greater laborer than you. Thank you for building the warm and golden sunrise and sunsets the quiet, twinkling stars at midnight, the oceans and the lakes with water that shimmers in the moonlight, the snowflakes that fall so gently, yet we can barely hear them fall, and no two ever shaped alike, the bright orange and yellow and red fall colors that dance among the trees, the smell of autumn the cold of the frozen winters, the thaw and beauty of fragrant flowers in the spring, and the summer breeze to kiss our cheeks. Oh, the wonders you have shared with us, laborer of all laborers. And then there is your love, a love so strong, so immense, nothing can ever break this bond between us, God nothing. Father, you gave us Jesus, and Jesus, you gave us Holy Spirit. And we can love others because you loved us first. Help us to remember to love all your creation, Lord, all the earth, the heavens, the creatures, and the humans as you command to us to love one another, as you command us to also love you. Thank you, our mighty God, and thank you for the Lord's Prayer that we say together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Pam Boyd, and I'm one of the volunteers at Teeter Retreat and Farm. We are so excited because our keynote speaker is Tyler Golf, and he is the director of Indie Urban Acres, a big supporter of Teeter, and very passionate about food insecurity and addressing it. I just love being at Teeter. I especially love Teeter because of the camaraderie and being part of the food security mission. Everybody is wonderful, and it is so great to be part of such an incredible mission, and I know we are making a difference in our local community. With the help of our sponsors and our volunteers and our supporters, we've been able to expand the season and do even more uh, with COVID. We are so lucky that we were able to be there and be one of the first uh, organizations to donate, and we donated a, a significant amount of the produce that was given to the Hamilton County Harvest Food Bank last year during COVID, and we're doing it again this year. This is one of my favorite evenings of the year where we all come together, and when I say we, it's uh, old friends and new friends, supporters, sponsors, volunteers at Teeter, and we meet at Purgatory Golf Club. We all look so pretty. It's a lodge, cabin-like setting out in the country. It's just perfect for a farm-to-table dinner. Chef Samantha is amazing. She knows how to integrate uh, and feature our beautiful vegetables into the dinner and she's entertainment in itself. Hope to see you at the farm to table. Uh, come meet some new friends and see your old friends and be part of an incredible celebration for a great mission. We thank Pam Boyd for all the work she does in coordinating and uh, doing so many behind-the-scenes things at, <clears throat> at Teeter. The uh, Farm to Table is a week from Friday, and the deadline to register for that, to get your tickets purchased, is this coming Friday. So make sure you do that by this Friday. The last count I saw, we had 165 registered, so uh, tickets are running out. We have a max of 200 that we can have for that dinner. Also, we want to lift up the Getting Started with the Bible. It's going to be this coming Tuesday. It's five sessions. And this is the perfect thing if you just are not that comfortable with your Bibles. We've got five sessions. Uh, we've got five different leaders who are going to be sharing their approach to the Bible. I think you're going to be enriched by each of those. So uh, take this, and I think you'll be more comfortable taking Bible studies in the future. And our student ministries is having a bonfire for 6th to 12th grade. Uh, scheduled for Sunday, September the 26th. It'll be at somebody's home. Uh, the address is 10566 East 206th Street. And we'll give the time and details for that uh, later. But please put that in your calendar and be, be prepared. And if you're visiting for the first time, be sure that you contact Bonnie Zitcraft, our hospitality coordinator. Uh, you can email her at bzitcraft at noblesofirst.com, and she'll connect you with our church ministries and how you can uh, become a greater part of our faith community. This time, I encourage you to take out your connection card. <clears throat> there you'll find that we're lifting up this week our 90-minute community conversations. We uh, had two test groups this week, and they went very well, so we're going to be organizing more in September. So just share your interest. We'll be in touch and help you find an evening that works for you. These are conversations of five to seven people trying to get varied perspectives, no agenda, but simply to talk about the things that are important to our community uh, that tend to divide us and polarize us. And also we're pushing 
uh, trying to get people to help with the Hamilton County Hunger Walk. It's going to be held October the 3rd, Sunday. Uh, Joe Chabanda is leading up that team that will help uh, hand out water bottles and make sure people uh, walk and run in the right direction. Also, our youth group is seeking donations for paper products and snacks and other supplies for our football Fridays. We've had two of those, had over 100 kids show up for those, and also other youth activities, so please help our youth program out, bringing some donations to the church office. I think the rest of the announcements you can read on your own. So at this time, let us uh, invite the kids uh, and those involved with our children's ministry to head out for their uh, Noblesville First Kids program. And let's ask for God's blessing upon the offering that we're about to share. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be a part of building your kingdom, to bring your dreams here upon this earth. Please take our tithes, take our offerings, and also take our time and our energies that we dedicate to you. So much takes place because we come together and share our own unique gifts and contributions And you put them together to do great things in this community and also in this world. Bless these now at this time through Christ who is our Lord. Amen.
morning. I'm Julia Kozicki. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 37. Jesus left that place and went into the region of Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know he had entered a house, but he couldn't hide. In fact, a woman whose young daughter was possessed by an unclean spirit heard about him right away. She came and fell at his feet. The woman was Greek, Syrophoenician by birth. She begged Jesus to throw the demon out of her daughter. He responded, the children have to be fed first. It isn't right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. But she answered, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Good answer, he said, go on home. The demon has already left your daughter. When she returned to her house, she found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. After leaving the region of Tyre, Jesus went through Sidon toward the Galilee Sea through the region of the Ten Cities. Some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly speak, and they begged him to place his hand on the man for healing. Jesus took him away from the crowd by himself and put his fingers in the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Looking into heaven, Jesus sighed deeply and said, Ephatha, which means open up. At once his ears opened, his twisted tongue was released, and he began to speak clearly. Jesus gave the people strict orders not to tell anyone, but the more he tried to silence them, the more eagerly they shared the news. People were overcome with wonder, saying, Good morning. If you'll pray with me, please. Holy God, please be here with us today. Take the words from my mouth and plant them in the fertile hearts of your faithful people so that the fruits of your will may grow abundantly. So the other day, I am working in my office and I happened to hear a strange noise. Now, it's not a, a worrisome noise, but it didn't fit. And Matt and the kids were gone to work and to school, so I thought I'd better get up and go investigate. So as I crept through the house trying to find this noise, I saw our first dog, Callie, standing in the hallway. It wasn't her making the noise but she clearly knew something was up. So I kept going, crept through the house, and I turned the corner into the kitchen, and there was our young dog, Archer, all four feet up on the countertop. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> so I picked him up, set him down. He knew he wasn't supposed to be up there, obviously. <laughs> and uh, I tried to figure out how in the world he'd gotten up there. Now, our dogs know that when we have food out, they need to be alert because our kids are not the cleanliest. Of course, we're, we adults aren't either, but especially with the kids, there's no five-second rule in our house. If there are crumbs dropped, the dogs swoop in and scoop them up. Now... Callie, as you can see here, is our older six-year-old golden retriever. She has age and size and experience on Archer, who is our six-month-old German Shepherd mix. So Archer often misses out on the crumb opportunities. So I guess this day he had decided to go right to the source for the people food. Well, in our scripture today, Jesus called the woman who had searched him out a dog. And then she went along with the allusion to a dog eating the crumbs from under the children's table. What is that all about? Well, preceding our text, uh, Jesus had been out in the countryside, followed by crowds, teaching them, healing them, feeding them, and the Pharisees had approached Jesus and commented about his followers' dirt, the stuff that makes them ritually unclean, 
or unright with God. And so Jesus takes the time to reverse those questions and talk to the Pharisees about how they wrote up unlawful or lawful stipulations that ended up ignoring God and creating spiritually harmful scenarios for the people. Now Jesus had become widely known, not only in his Jewish circles, but also in the much broader Gentile community. And in our scripture lesson, we find that Jesus has gone into the Gentile territory of Tyre to a house seeking to escape those crowds. But word has gotten out, even here, that Jesus is in town. So we find Jesus reclined in this house when suddenly a Gentile woman comes in and falls down at Jesus' feet. Now notice that she's described as a Gentile, a Greek of Syrophoenician birth, which tells us that she is ritually unclean. So there are scholarly rumors out there that uh, argue and discuss what makes this woman uh, ritually unclean. But according to Mark's gospel, it is all due to her heritage. So she's not Jewish. So according to the Jewish culture, she is unclean. She's not part of the covenant with the children, or not part of the covenant with God, as are the children of Israel. But she still knows of all the miracles that Jesus has been working. And I think it is safe to assume that she's desperate to help her child. And so she comes to him to ask him to cast out the demon from her daughter. And then Jesus responds to her, the children must be fed first. It's not right to take the bread from the children and toss it to the dogs. Now this doesn't sound like the Savior uh, Jesus that we think of. I don't know about you, but I like to think of Jesus as helping everyone with a nice and reassuring smile. So, is Jesus tired and grumpy? Is Jesus testing her? Is Jesus being snarky? What do you think? So let's take a moment and look at this story and see it in what might be a new light. I think sometimes we only think of Jesus as fully God, but we've got to remember that Jesus was also fully human. And so as a human, maybe Jesus is tired, he's frustrated with the conditions, he just needs some rest. I get that, and I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, get that. I mean, sometimes we are just dogged and dogged, and we're grumpy, and so when those we love come to seek us, we snap at them. I remember when I worked in the health insurance industry several years ago, I would help people work out their medical claim insurance problems. And it seemed like no matter how many people I helped, there was always someone else that also needed help. And so it was a little frustrating. And so I'd go home at the end of the day, and there'd be my husband, Matt, wanting to talk or do something that I didn't have any patience for. I just needed some downtime first. See, I'm a bit of an introvert, which means I recharge my internal batteries with alone time. And I think we all need some downtime. Um, Once in a while, we just need to be grounded so that we can reconnect to God. So maybe that's what Jesus was feeling too. Let's look at this pandemic. It seems like it will never go away. We're just tired and frustrated with the whole mess. In India, it seems like there were a series of missteps which caused 
a large number of its own citizens to go unvaccinated. And it could be argued that some of those missteps were decisions based upon the worth of the people who were or were not to get a vaccine. And in Afghanistan, we have a group of people who insist on strict interpretation and enforcement of a religious law which or laws which creates stratifications between who have rights and which rights or even who has the worth of life. We humans create unclean societies and unclean politics and unclean environments all on because of the ideas and systems that we impose on those who we do not place a value on. Like the culture in Jesus' time, we too have a hierarchy of value that we place upon uh, other people or other actions. And this state of mind could be considered an unclean spirit, which sets us in opposition to those ways that are of compassion and love, making us unright with God. Now, I used to believe that a person's situation was directly related to their actions and to their decisions, regardless of who they were or where they came from or how they grew up. For example, I thought, as many others still do, that an impoverished person is impoverished directly because of the choices they've made. I'm sure you've heard of old adages like, you made your bed, now sleep in it. But now I have a much wider base of experience that has helped me to understand that there are political, social, and environmental structures in place, systems, if you will, that limit the choices available to people. For example, um, a political constraint might be a law that um, affects the racial type or gender of one over the other. Maybe a social constraint is uh, one that, that allows those who have something more than those who have not. Or how about environmental constraints like temperature and soil type and water, all of which limit the kind and amount of food that a person can grow for food or well-being. These are all just a few types of systemic um, problems that stem from our human way of doing things. We are creating unclean spirits and allowing them to thrive by not acting against them. Unclean spirits allow us to look the other way because we're not ready or not willing to take the responsibility for the parts we play in the world today. Unclean spirits allow us to fill our lives with stuff which might prevent us from a full relationship with God. So can God or will God heal us from these unclean spirits? And what must we do to be worthy of God? So Jesus said to this woman, the children have to be fed first. It isn't right to take the bread from the children and toss it to the dogs. And did she leave it at that? No, she didn't. She replied, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs from under the children's table. Like my own dogs, she's eager to have the scraps. She isn't asking for the main meal. My archer climbed up on the cabinet, seeking tasty goodness, going boldly where no dog had gone before. Well, I think maybe it's kind of like that with the Syrophoenician woman, too. She was emboldened to ask for something she had no claim to. Where did her boldness come from? Could it be that God provoked her faith? Could it be that God 
guided her through grace to offer her healing for her daughter? If God works in and through and is everywhere at once, then it's possible, at least, that God isn't just located in the person of Jesus, but is also working through the woman in our story. Jesus recognized the grace that led her to him. And despite his very human desire to escape from the crowds, he saw her. I wonder if perhaps this was a moment of healing affirmation for Jesus, too. Jesus said, good answer. Go on home. The demon has already left your daughter. And when she returned to her house, she found her child lying on the bed, the demon gone. What unearned favor she had received. She was no one special, and she did nothing special. Her faith in the ability of Jesus to heal her daughter emboldened her to ask. Her faith emboldened her to act to seek him out and ask for the demon to be cast out of her daughter. God's unearned grace led the Syrophoenician woman to Jesus. God brought about the healing of her daughter through the woman's faith. I think maybe it can be like this in our lives too. When we seek the healing through Christ, we both reveal and receive God's blessings. It is more than just feeling good about an action, but rather a sense of embodied peace and well-being for others that then spills over to ourselves. For example, Matt and I planted a couple plum trees out in the conservation reserve area at Teeter a few weeks ago. And while it was hot and humid and buggy while we did it, it was rewarding to know that someday those trees would be producing fruits that birds and deer and all the animals who pass by, including humans, would be able to enjoy. It was healing for me to think of the future joy that perhaps they might feel when coming upon these delicious fruits, whether still in the tree or fallen to the ground. Even though entire woodlands are being torn down to make room for convenience stores, even in the seemingly small action, I too was able to participate in the healing mercies of God for myself and my community. Now my call is toward faith and ecology. And I don't presume to know where God is calling each of you. But I know that if you're willing to seek God's mercy in healing our community, then God is going to show up in your life and embolden your actions. Whether it's working through the various missions of this church, like Ugly Quilts or Dinners on Us, or activities outside the church, like scouts or sports, or even seeking to correct systemic problems through the political level. Be bold in your faith by asking for God's mercy and healing grace. Now, God's concern is for all those who cannot speak for themselves, like the daughter of the Syrophoenician woman. God is concerned with all of creation, but especially for those who are not dependent upon the status granted to them by the world. God guides us through grace to seek God's mercy. God emboldens us to take steps for change, then gives us healing beyond what the current culture might dictate. So I want to leave you today with some questions you can chew on today and this week. 
What unclean spirit is dogging you? Are you trying to escape notice while there is a need boldly asking for your help? Where is healing needed from your standpoint? Thank you, Amber. We want to remind all that in the United Methodist Church, we have an open table, which means any person, wherever they might be on their faith journey, are invited to share in this sacrament. We believe that uh, God's blessings are open to all. We should never restrict that. This morning, as we've learned... God breaks down the barriers between clean and unclean. There are no unclean people in God's eyes. We are all God's children. And in that spirit, we know that as Jesus saw that Syrophoenician woman, he sees you. So we remember the night that Jesus was betrayed. He sat with the disciples and he took a loaf of bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of him. And likewise, he lifted up the cup and after giving thanks, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this in remembrance of him. Let us pray. Lord, we celebrate your gift of forgiveness that removes every possible stain from our lives. And you brace us. We do live in a world that wants to divide and label, put people in boxes. But you break all those barriers down and you receive us all. As Jesus saw this woman, so may we feel that acceptance that comes only through you. May we know that we are your people, we are your children, and because of those blessings, we will go out into this world to be a blessing. This is our prayer in the name of Christ, who is our Lord. Amen. I invite you to stand as we join together and sing Blessed Assurance, verses 1 and 3 of number 369.
invite you to go out and see someone that our world has declared unclean. See them as God's children. Reach out to them, and may they feel the blessings that God provides. Amen.